Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 45 for Friday 1st of April 2011. Utility server for Lotus Live Notes. At least I got that name right. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. This Week in Lotus is sponsored by Audible, the destination for the widest selection of digital audiobooks available worldwide. Want to be well-read like Duffbert but just can't spare the time to read books on paper? Take an audiobook on your commute or whilst walking instead. We've got a special offer for you. Download and listen to a best-selling book every month for just $7.49 a month for the first three months and you can cancel at any time. Pick from over 85,000 audiobooks from business to classics to sci-fi or comedy. Go to thisweekinlotus.com slash audible for all the details. Hi, Warren Ellsmore here and I'd like to tell you about the UK Lotus user group. This year, the largest Lotus event in the UK will be held in Manchester on the 23rd and 24th of May. As always, we'll have a great lineup of speakers from the IBM community, giving you some of the best administration, development and management information out there. We're also really pleased to be supported by some of the best Lotus Partner Solutions as well. Attendance at the UK Lug event is free thanks to the generous support of these companies. So, if you'd like to attend UK Lug, put forward a speaker session or sponsor the event, please take a look at www.uklug.info and we'll look forward to seeing you in May. Hello and welcome to This Week in Lotus. We're back for episode 45 of the podcast. Yet, yet again, I'm joined by Darren Duke. Hi there, Darren. Hey, Stuart. How are you? I'm uh, exceptionally good, actually. It's been a really interesting and busy week here, although, of course, it doesn't seem like a week since the last one because we recorded a bit late, didn't we? No, so I've, I've learned two things. A, a, a twill week does not equal seven days. <laughs> and after 45 podcasts, I have now realized don't take a mouthful of water right before Stuart <laughs> says hello. Hey, excellent. That's a good lesson learned. Anyway, so uh, so it's good to have you uh, on the uh, on the podcast yet again. Be doing another one of these. Um, of course, I'm on holiday for the next couple of weeks, so uh, so you'll be manning the fort while I'm away. Shocker! <laughs> <laughs> you English people and your like French-like vacations. Yeah, I know. You Americans who don't take vacation. It's dreadful. That's why we all die of heart attacks. Excellent. So maybe at the end of the episode, we can just talk about who's going to be uh, sitting in my seat next week. But th- this week, we're, uh, we've got a very strong focus on uh, Lotus Live, in particular the, uh, the launch that's taken place this week. So we're joined by um, Scott Suda. How are you, Scott? Hey, I'm doing well, Stuart. Thanks now, for uh, having me on today. Now, I have a bit of a history of mangling surnames on this podcast. So is that right? Is it Suda? Well, that's close enough. It's actually Souter, but uh, I've been called worse. So. <laughs> You're close. Hey, that's good. Stuart's anyway. batting a thousand. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for joining us today, Scott. I appreciate you being on. So you work for IBM, don't you? Can you tell us what your role is with IBM? Sure. Uh, right now, I've, I've served a variety of different roles at IBM, but right now I'm uh, working in the organization managed by uh, uh, none other than Ed Brill. We call it product management. And uh, I have uh, responsibilities both from a business perspective as well as a product perspective for, for uh, our Lotus Live Notes offering. Uh, and I've been in that role for, oh golly, about a year, uh, working specifically on Lotus Live Notes. Excellent. Well, that's good. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. Um, whereabouts in the U.S. are you based? I actually live in Dallas, uh, work out of, uh, out of the Dallas area uh, explicitly. I travel quite frequently, as you can imagine. Uh, you guys are no strangers to that. I'm with customers uh, a lot of the times around the globe, uh, work in and out of uh, Boston, Littleton area specifically as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm on the road quite a bit. Um, if not, I'm sitting in my wonderful home office and enjoy the commute from the bedroom to the, to the front of the house for, for instead of a, a multi-hour drive across the Dallas traffic. Excellent. And, and I, I think you're one of the longest-termed actual Lotus people I've ever actually talked to live. 
You know, it's, I'm an old guy, right? Um, I've, I was part of the original notes team. Uh, so I go all the way back to, to day one of uh, the notes technology back when we had notes and notes servers and we had to explain how that stuff worked to people. Um, so yeah, I've been around a while, man. <laughs> and so the question I have to ask you is, what's it like to work for Red Brill? Oh my goodness, that's a loaded question if there ever was one. It's the best thing in the world, what can I say? <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave it at that then, Scott. <laughs> and, and of course, Ed, earlier on this week, uh, blogged, as he does, about the latest announcement that, that comes from your team, which is the um, Domino Utility Server for Lotus Live. So do you want to fill us in on, on what that offering actually is? What does it give to customers? Yeah, we, uh, we, we've announced this week, uh, as you uh, mentioned, a Domino Utility Server for Lotus Live. Um, it's essentially a license model only uh, that allows customers now to effectively pick up their, their Domino uh, server licenses and, and move them uh, into, into a cloud space. Um, we've, had, we've been in market with Lotus Live Notes since, since August of last year, and I, I don't think there's been a discussion, a customer meeting, a presentation. I don't think there's been a single one that I've had where when you're talking with customers about moving uh, their mail calendar context kind of uh, stuff into the cloud, I don't think there's been a single conversation where the next shoe drop has been, okay, Scott, well, what about, what about applications? Um, and until now, we've really had no solution to offer a customer that wanted to move both email and application to sort of a cloud-based delivery model. The good news is now we do, and that's what this licensing model is all about. So w w when you say it's um, Domino Utility Server for Lotus Live, it's not actually part of the core Lotus Live offering, correct? That's, that's correct. This is a change to the Domino server licensing model. Um, we've tagged the word Lotus Live on the tail end to sort of denote that that is specifically for, uh, specifically for customers that are using Lotus Live technologies, in this case, Lotus Live Notes. But it isn't ex you know, limited exclusively to that audience. Um, you know, we fully anticipate and expect that this will... Uh, you know, for for people that are sellers in in, in your podcast audience, we, we we very much expect that this will kick off some new transactional revenue. Customers will look at this as uh, the way to uh, help either isolate the cost of their existing uh, Domino applications as they contemplate moving to the cloud, um, or they will look at it as a way to place value on those applications. Either way, it's a sort of a win-win here, and we're providing uh, a mechanism and an avenue for customers to be able to go, oh, okay, I've got all of my messaging infrastructure now in the cloud hosted by IBM, um, and now I have a nice path upon which I can start to move those applications. I can keep them on-premises under this license structure if I choose to do so, or I can move them into uh, perhaps the... Uh, the cloud that is managed, I think it's referred to as the smart business cloud by our GTS brethren in IBM. That's one target that, that you know, can certainly move applications to. Uh, Amazon's uh, EC2 cloud uh, is another. Of course, any of our partners, uh, you know, Prominic, uh, Connectria, Group, uh, anybody that has a, a cloud uh, hosting mechanism is a perfect target for, for this type of license model for our customers. And I think, too, um, I should be clear about one point here. Um, this is a journey, right? Is this the be-all, end-all uh, in terms of uh, you know, licensing model perfection? No. Uh, ultimately, we want to get to where we are managing those applications for our customers on behalf of our customers. We want to get to where we are managing those applications in Lotus Live, in, in our Lotus Live data centers ourselves. This is not that. So I'm going to be real clear with your audience. This is not that. This is simply a way for you to say, okay, I want to, I want to sort of uh, uh, draw a line, if you will, between my messaging world and my application world, and I now want to take those applications and put them in some other managed non-Lotus Live cloud. Um, uh, maybe, a, maybe not as... Uh, Maybe may not be stating that as clearly as, uh, as as I could be, you guys, but uh, hopefully you get the point there. 
Yeah, that's great. So it's, it's really, you can think about it as a, as a private cloud, in essence, that you're taking your, your Domino servers you're hosting on-site and you're moving those onto hosted servers where somebody else is worried about the power, the networking, the um, you know, the backup, I guess, as well. Uh, but but you're managing your own Domino apps in your own Domino environment, but out there on IBM servers. That's exactly right. And, and some of the things, uh, some of the pricing models that we have run uh, so far um, are showing savings, you know, in the vicinity of 20, 25, 30 percent for customers uh, as compared to continuing to run those uh, applications under, let's say, the Domino Enterprise uh, server model. So uh, there's some good news here in terms of uh, giving customers some choice and flexibility in where they actually run those applications now. Okay, Scott. So, how how is it licensed? We're used to with utility server there being uh, sort of a full version, an express version. It's and utility server is licensed, I believe, per PVU for on premise. So, do, do both those things apply when it's put out in the cloud as well? Yeah, well, we're following a PVU licensing model. The the good news here is on on the uh, on the 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 user side, the, the, the client side, uh, we are getting ourselves positioned with this licensing model to be priced more uh, in line with what customers are expecting from, from a SaaS services uh, perspective. That's a good thing. Uh, but from the server side, yeah, we're, this, is, this is a model that will, will be PVU-based. Uh, we've got some tools prepared to help with customers in calculating that. Uh, you know, a good starting place is to look at what the, uh, the, the number of PVUs are per server uh, that they have in their existing environment today. And then, you know, obviously that's a capacity that uh, is working for them. And if you are moving, uh, you know, the messaging infrastructure into the cloud off of those on-premises servers, uh, the customer can, can easily look at that and go, ah, we're going to need less. So there's, there's some cost savings right there for them. But if, if I had my mail and my apps, obviously I'm moving my mail onto the cloud. I'm not responsible for the PVUs. So I can basically have my PVUs under the assumption that my mail and my apps are on different servers and then just move the, the Domino Enterprise PVUs out to a prominent connector, a GPS, et cetera. And that, that's kind of, that, that would be a pretty big saving, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. And, and, and we're providing the, the, the trade-up uh, part numbers uh, to, to make that happen. Um, from a pricing perspective, uh, new licenses are 205 bucks uh, US, uh, and then uh, I think the trade-up price, if I'm not, not mistaken, is uh, I think just exactly half of that, 102.50 per PBU uh, from existing valid Domino Enterprise server licenses. And is, is this also applicable to the Domino Tilly Express, or is that not? part of all of this no not exactly i mean the uh the the there really isn't as as much of a benefit from uh from either collab express either collab express or domino uh some of the other licenses the the idea here is that um you, you go to lotus live notes you buy the domino utility server for lotus live uh pbus to run your apps and you let the collab express licenses effectively lapse same for you know our our ceo customers uh in that regard so if if i'm a customer that's um already thought about hosting in the past maybe i've had co-located servers or i've put them with promenic or, or um you know some of the other hosting providers out there i guess i've always used utility server or um, enterprise licenses to manage those. So why is there the need to now have this Lotus Live one for, for moving it to Amazon or moving it to the IBM smart hosting environment? Is it just to give you that trade-up, to give you the kind of step from on-premise to cloud? That is exactly the reason. That is, that is exactly right in the middle, Stuart. You hit the nail on the head. Well, that makes a change. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Okay, so um, so a customer still maintains uh, all the kind of control they're used to with their apps, don't they? So things like you know ACLs and signing and and uh, keeping on the version that they're supported and they've tested and all that kind of thing still stays as it would be if it was on premise. It's not like um, the the mail piece where where you're kind of just moving it into the cloud and somebody else is concerned about all that stuff. You still have to kind of think about the apps as you would manage them in the past. Yeah, either either you you. you, you that, that's a perfectly viable way of doing it. Or if you are you know, trying to get totally out of the application management business, you're obviously paying 
you know, a business partner uh, or whoever the provider of that, that cloud space is, you're, provi- you're, you're, you're paying for that service uh, as they provide that. Um, so yeah, you're, you're, again, you're right on target there. Well, one other thing, I just, just jogged my brain here for a second. I guess not enough coffee quite yet this morning, but uh, one other thing to keep in mind here too, a differentiation, you asked the question about some of the differentiations between the other license types. With this license type, there is no restriction as there is in the normal uh, dominant utility server. There's no restriction in terms of the client access. So whereas uh, the Domino Utilities server as it exists today is, is basically browser uh, browser access. In this new license model, we don't care. Uh, it could be browser, could be uh, the NOS client itself. So that is that is one other distinction that's probably worth worth calling out and making here. Yeah, that, that, is, a, that is a pretty big one. Um, yeah. Because the old, the old license was a bit ambiguous, but if you already had... Uh, a domino or a lot of notes infrastructure what what that allowed so i think right. that is actually a, a pretty big thing now now also something i would maybe suggest the great and powerful ibm look at is is obviously if i'm moving all of my stuff out of the cloud but i'm still responsible for my own dev and testing you know maybe coming up with some free development quote unquote server licenses for people doing this just so i don't have to keep my enterprise licenses for my on-premise developers and yet also pay for this utility server out in the cloud. Because I think we're getting, you know, we're still going to have to be responsible on-prem for things like dev and test unless you come to some agreement with the service provider like Prominent, Connectory, etc. But even then, you're going to have to pay double the license because chances are your test server isn't on your production server. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great feedback. Yeah, and I think... I think uh, we've got some things that we're working on behind the scenes that will 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 play into that quite nicely. So you had mentioned that um, you know obviously the future looking forward is to try and at some point integrate all of this back into the actual Lotus Live infrastructure, not just the Lotus Live nomenclature to further confuse people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, let's call it iNotes. No. <laughs> hey, um, don't go there, man. <laughs> so obviously around the world, there are hundreds of billions of lines of crappily coded applications. So I can understand the reticence to want to put them in, into the cloud because you really have no idea what's, what these servers are going to, or these applications are going to bring down. Um, but, but looking forward to the next maybe six to 12 months out, obviously you said this was kind of a first step. What, what do you see this being a precursor to? Now, that's a, that's a fair question. Um, I think from, uh, from speaking strictly from an application, a managed application perspective, uh, that, that is exactly the problem. That is exactly the issue. I mean, uh, you know, I, I myself kind of you know, had a hand in, and put in a lot of that, you know, not so nicely coded, uh, you know, stuff out there just based on history and track record, right? Go way back. Um, you two have been guilty of the same thing, I'm sure. But Hey, I have so- never written a craplication in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but lots of us have. And, and that is exactly it. All you need is one rogue piece of Lotus script to, you know, belch and, and a server looks at that and doesn't quite understand what to do. And off go, you know, tens of thousands of people potentially. Not that fragile, but, that, you know, I'm, I'm being a, a little extreme here. But um, I think w- what we're doing at this point is we want to see, um, and this goes right back to the discussion we're having around the new license model, we're, we're wanting to see how, how, our, how our par- our, the, the prominent partners that are, that are stepping up to do some of the, some of the application hosting, we've already mentioned, mentioned them multiple times, we're going to watch very closely how that happens. This isn't a situation where IBM sort of sitting on the side and waiting to cobble something up. Uh, but we certainly want to see how you know how group does it, how 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 uh, how successful they are in, in this particular model. We've done the you know sort of done the blocking and and tackling move to get the the licensing piece taken care of and and, and the you know super highway laid here. Uh, I know that because here we are end of end of month end of quarter and and the orders are pretty amazing the people that are taking advantage of this, but we want to see how it works with the partners, 
And, you know, there may be something worth emulating there. Uh, obviously, there's going to have to be, um, you know, some serious, pretty, you know, some pretty serious consideration paid to the fact that those applications we, we would be running in a multi-tenant environment uh, of Lotus Live Notes. Um, that's not a simple proposition in terms of bringing, you know, lots of companies' applications. You hit the nail on the head there that you have no idea how they're coded and have no idea how they're, you know, the robustness of those applications. All of those things are, are sort of, you know, on our radar screen right now. Uh, but I think the key for us as we, you know, explore this new license model is it, it's, it's just watching and see what happens, how our, how our partners, how successful they are with that. I do have a suggestion. Just do a synopsis on the database, and anyone that has get env document, just say you're not allowed in. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go, man. There you go. I think we'll also look for uh, you know the the, uh, the identity of the coders involved. Some of those applications and screen on that basis as well. <laughs> uh, so, so you also mentioned about that the Amazon stuff. So today we're able to do dev and test on on the Amazon AWS right. cloud. But yep. that's not production licensed yet. Right. Um, Ed had kind of indicated in his blog that that was uh, my, my phrase, not his, just around the corner. So is is that something that's coming pretty soon? Yeah, I probably can't speculate about that too much. Uh, uh, sure, you in can. Conversation. <laughs> you know where I live, man. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a lot of activity going on in that in that space and those discussions right now. So stay tuned on that. And is that so? Uh, the reason I like the Amazon model is because I get out of the, you know, the multi-thousand, tens of thousands of dollars utility. I I can go back to the, the 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 the, the per mile kind of idea, right? Where That's right. You pay for what you use. Uh, are you also maybe looking at pulling that back out and allowing the other um, hosting providers to 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 maybe hook onto that model as well? Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to speculate. Um, I'll just I'll just leave that as uh, there's there's some discussion going on some activity to look at all of that um, and I think you know again we'll we'll sort of see uh, how successful we are in that space going forward. Mike Masterson at the end of last year on our team did a heck of a lot of work uh, in and around you know uh, those kinds of community or uh, those kinds of uh, uh, computing models the pay as you go. Um, and we're just gonna we need to wait a bit here and see how successful that is and the things that work right we'll we'll capitalize on them. the things that aren't so successful well we'll keep looking for for other ideas and and I so, think that's fair you know yeah. this is the first dip of a toe in the water right let's see what 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 happens see if we fall in or see if we keep yeah. dry. Yeah, and, and and honestly, you know, the whole the whole realm. I, I find myself getting a little frustrated sometimes because I, I want this uh, the, the whole cloud computing side of things is just going like gangbusters right now, and and I find myself you know kind of well, let's go faster, harder, and and and, and bigger. Um, but golly, we've we've been in market now for you know what six seven months, eight seven you know seven months or so, and. I've got to realize, we've got to realize too, that there is a, a maturing process that's going on right now. Um, you know, we've 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 taken a huge look and are continuing to look at the onboarding process and iron out the wrinkles and and, and some of that. Uh, even this week, we've had uh, a handful of uh, partners in Littleton working uh, directly with development to to give feedback, input on how we streamline some things. And it's been a very rewarding. A uh, couple of days to get that, you know, sort of feet on the street kind of perspective. Um, but you know, there's a maturing that's going on here, and seven months into this, I can't wait to see where we are, you know, in another 12 months. Um, my mind wants to race ahead on certain things, um, and, and, and I suppose that's okay. But on the other hand, we got to kind of keep the perspective okay, we need to grow this, and because we are serving. You know, uh, at some point, hundreds of thousands of people. You've got to you've got to grow that in a systemic way, in a in a in a productive way, not in a you know um, sort of a rambunctious approach to how you how you mature this uh, particular part of the cloud market. It's exciting. It's a fun place to be right now, and it's uh, it's got its, its hair raising moments. But it is a, it's a fun place to sort of watch the business uh, take off and grow. And, and for me, outside looking in. It, it, it's going to be interesting to see 
how the big aircraft carrier that is IBM can kind of compete with the Salesforce.com quarterly yeah. release model, just to kind of see where you guys fall in in in, in the sticks. Um, and that's kind of what I'm watching for. And I think it's two different models. Like you said, I think there's some maturity that has to take place. And, you know, kudos to the likes of Salesforce.com for not actually blowing away everyone's data during all of these quarterly upgrades. That takes that takes some balls. Yeah, <laughs> they've, they've done a good job. They really have. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right, Darren. It's, it's kind of, you know, the, the super tanker of IBM coming together with, you know, these really nimble little yachts from, from other places. And, and the kind of Amazon AWS is, is the best example of that, where we've got, you know, the... the you know pay-as-you-go model and, and how that fits together with these traditional passport advantage type licensing and it's going to be great to see how that maps out something i'm seeing a lot of here in the uk is is customers coming to ibm refresh moving from microsoft or, or some of the other um mail vendors and looking at lotus live whether it's inotes or notes for mail and i think one of the interesting things is whether we can get them to actually look at apps as well to say once you've moved to lotus live notes for our, our kind of consumer commodity type email then you know can we get them to look at actually how they extend their collaboration environment into the app space as well uh, and maybe whether other isvs that operate in the lotus space you know the Elgugis or the um you know the the um uh, so you know some of the crm vendors and so on can actually then bolt into the lotus live cloud and start supporting their apps in this environment so there's all sorts of possibilities that might come up you know this year and next and it's great to see scott that that you guys are kind of beginning to make baby steps towards that type of environment absolutely absolutely and it's uh it, it is exciting as i said a second ago it, it's absolutely a, a fun ride to sit and sort of be a part of that and watch that Watch that unfold. This, this is this is the future, right? Uh, this is where where we're headed for the at least the foreseeable future. Um, and it's fun to be part of that wave again. Just remember, sitting on front of a missile, you're the first person into the building. <laughs> That's what I tell people uh, every time I walk past uh, those that have upgraded to first class. You know, I'm sitting back in the steerage. Just says, Guess what? We're all going to get there at the same time, but you die first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that one. <laughs> Excellent, Scott. I, I, I think that's a really good introduction to, to this new offering. I think you've answered an awful lot of the questions that Darren and I had clearly, but also that other people may have had around that sort of slightly vague announcement letter that came out this week. I, I think you've clarified an awful lot of that piece. So that's great. Thank you. You bet. And so one of the other pieces of news this week is that the greenhouse has been upgraded, particularly uh, speaking about the, the connections environment on the greenhouse, been upgraded to 301, um, which is the, the upcoming kind of uh, you know, minor update release for Connections 3. That was upgraded earlier on this week. It's available now. You can log on to the greenhouse and take a look. Down, have you had a chance to have a look at this yet? Logged into it this morning uh, after I saw your link to it. <laughs> I actually saw it yesterday, but I didn't have time. Uh, it seems a lot snappier. I don't know if that's just me or whether I'm on the office. I'm in the office with the 30 meg connection, which might help. Uh, but it seems a lot faster. There's actually a new feature in there. Uh, and I'm not sure how it pronounces, but ideation, 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 yep. whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is the idea of, of you coming up with ideas and discussing them in the form of uh, idea blogs. So it's kind of based on the blog technology, but but getting the voting up and down. So we've seen this in in some of the other sites around the the Lotus, um, you know, yellow sphere, um, and and but built into the connections environment. So it's going to be interesting to see how that gets used, uh, particularly in in kind of research and design and, and other sort of environments like that around communities. And, and the, the UI on it is woeful. It took me a good five minutes to figure out how to vote. <laughs> yeah, it's the first step in that direction. So I'm sure the uh, design team will be working on that. And of course, this isn't gold code yet. This is this is code that is still yet to be released as well. So I defend them on that. The other oh, piece... It's, it's got to be closer if it's on Greenhouse. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. I, I, I don't think there'll be any UI changes, but it, it, it does need to be looked at because... Being able to vote took me ages to figure out, and then being able to rescind my vote took me even longer. 
Okay. And of course, we've got used to Idea Jam as well, which is, is very, uh, very easy to use in that environment. So um, yeah. the, the other piece that's new in there is uh, media libraries. So that's being able to share photos and videos and, and that kind of thing within communities. I can see that being really uh, successful. I, I work with a publishing company who have a number of photography type communities, and, and that's something they've been crying out for for a long time. So I think that's going to be very popular. Um, actually, Scott, have you played with any of this stuff in the sort of internal tap type environments in IBM? I have, uh, but uh, my, my bandwidth uh, gets constrained pretty much, and, and most of the stuff that I stay focused on has to do with Lotus Live Notes. Um, I, you know, I can't help but bleed over to the Lotus Live side. I mean, uh, internally, we're, we're, we're two different teams of people. Uh, whether that's a you know, good or bad thing, I'm not sure, but it's, uh, it's how we're, we're organized currently, and, and I do have quite, a, quite an opportunity to work closely with Lotus Live colleagues, um, and, and I get hints and, and glimpses of some of the technologies coming uh, out of Greenhouse, rolling into you know, the ideas and, and plans for next releases of, of, of Lotus Live as a service. Um, so, yeah, I do play with it a little bit. Um, it, it, I find it hard to keep up sometimes with the, uh, uh, the pace of things that are coming out of Greenhouse, the pace of things that are coming out of the Connections team. They're such a phenomenal team doing some amazing work right now. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, yeah. there's so many products in the portfolio now. It's really hard for anybody yeah. to keep a grasp of all of them. Um, something something that's, that's going to be uh, popular with a number of my customers for sure is support for some of the other back-end database systems. So Oracle 11G will be supported for the first time and also SQL Server 2008 as well, which could make a big difference if you're in uh, one of those environments too. And it's been renamed. It has, yes. It's, it's dropped the Lotus. So, um, so you know, that's something that's been mentioned on a few blogs uh, in the last uh, week or so, and in, in some uh, sort of tech news sites as well have, have picked that up as well. How do you feel about that, Darren? You worried about the loss of the Lotus name? No, I, I think it's kind of intriguing, but it looks to me, and I won't put Scott on the spot here, but it looks to me... <laughs> no freaking comment. Like, <laughs> like, like, like they're, they're, they're looking to utilize the Lotus name maybe to be synonymous with their cloud offerings, because you still have Lotus Live, which they can't change that name. You know, I, oh, if they can, I think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, you know, everything is branded Lotus Live in their cloud, and all of the products are slowly dropping the Lotus name off. I mean, uh, Connections was the second one this week. You oh, were about to talk about Wickham, right? Which was yep. the Mazeva one. Um, so the, the question becomes is what, what happens to the Lotus Live as a brand, or are they going to leave that in there and just say, hey, Lotus Live, that equates cloud. Everything else is IBM software. Yeah, so there's a there's a whole... And there's a whole debate going on uh, around that. You can, you, depending on which side of the fence you're on, you can argue it both ways. Uh, there are some customers that, you know, oh my goodness, over our dead bodies, take away, you know, the, the yellow side. Uh, don't don't eliminate the branding uh, for the the word Lotus. It's got great recognition, has for years. And there are others that feel that it's, you know, an inhibitor to, uh, you know, moving into places that. You know, maybe we don't have the best history or best track record with, and so I can I can see I can see the point either way. But you're you're right. I don't, I'm not aware of any plans that uh, you know to eliminate uh, Lotus from the, the Lotus Live moniker at this point. It's it's uh, it's it's being it's 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 seeing too much success for that to 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 be the case. I think. But yeah, just don't don't uh, don't overthink or overanalyze the the marketing stuff. I'm not a marketeer, but the uh, the name of the game here is to continue to uh, move IBM product, uh, you know, in, in all its glory in, into our customer and, and customer base and even, the, you know, the green fields. And, you know, if, if doing so requires the omission of the, the word Lotus, um, customers are still able to take advantage of some of the cool technologies that we've got going on. Man, so be it. I'm, I'm behind that. And that's from a guy who's, you know, been part of Lotus since 1989. So the only, the only problem I have is we'll have to come up with a new name for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this week in IBMSocialRoadshow.com. <laughs> We'll have to work on that one, Darren. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I agree there's two camps and you can sit in either one. And I think there's good points for both of keeping it and losing it. Um, I mean, the, the big thing for me around connections, I think if there's, a, if there's one product in the Lotus portfolio that actually is going to 
uh, kind of have more synergy with more products outside the loads portfolio, it's connections. You know, we're beginning to see social commerce being talked about, social analytics with, um, you know, the guys at Cognos and, and some core metrics and so on. We're talking about it being integrated with um, with WebSphere Commerce and, and WebSphere Portal. So it, it really does bleed out into many of the other brands in IBM software portfolio. And therefore, actually losing Lotus around connections probably makes most sense, particularly as there's no domino or notes involved in that. However, what I think it does bring up is what happens about Lotus Notes next, because, uh, you know, we talk about Notes 9, if they go with the next uh, kind of obvious iteration of the number scheme. I know there's some issues around that in Germany, particularly Ed mentioned that at Lotusphere. So Notes 9 is unlikely, I guess. And, and then, you know, do we lose the Lotus name, in which case is IBM Notes, or do we even look at something brand new, something that's completely different and, and rebrand the whole thing? So I think there's some interesting decisions that are going to be made by the marketing and product management teams going forward. That's right. Yeah. They yeah, can no. use ID Nation blogs to get feedback on it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. As you mentioned, Darren, um, it came into the news this week because Wickham Web Content Management uh, has lost its Lotus name as well, as well. So that's IBM Web Content Management. It was part of the workplace portfolio years ago. It's now just back in the IBM brand again. And, and it's, there's been some interesting discussion on my, on my blog post about that in terms of some of the pros and cons of using web content management compared to some of the uh, open sourcings like Drupal and, and WordPress and so on. And, um, uh, yeah, interesting debate around where enterprise systems fit in compared to some of the uh, the open source sort of internet consumer products as well. We found the, the one person in the world who likes Wickham, and that's you, Stuart. <laughs> no, there's lots of folks. Sharon Bellamy, who was on last week, loves Wickham as well. So it's more more of us than just me. But it was you're right. It was an interesting blog conversation, and there was a whole slew of of things wrong with Wickham. Um, some some of which I, I I laughed at when I saw them because like, yep, that's 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 classic. Uh, but but you are, I think you your, your post said it was probably the most maligned and misunderstood product in the Lotus portfolio. I almost commented. Yeah, with the exception of Domino, which is probably slightly more yeah, maligned and misunderstood. <laughs> uh, but it is right, you know, you are right. And, and I think that there needs to be some... Have, having a web page as a product page just filled with buzzwords is not a, a way to allow people to understand what the product does. I think there needs to be some some looking at how they position and, and document some of these products to make it a bit more understandable to the layperson. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and also uh, what it brings back to me is that remember the move from same time and, and quick place to what did they go to be? Lotus Instant Messaging and Lotus Team Workplace. Workplace. Yeah. <laughs> One of those things. Um, and, you know, and, and, and actually those sort of very kind of um, cold dead fish uh, type names you know, rather than sushi actually uh, the problem is they're almost too vague I think you're almost better off coming up with a name that kind of you know isn't too descriptive it is is more of an identity like domino or like uh, same time is that that you can kind of then build the knowledge around versus making it a very clear name that you know is, is potentially a little bit confusing to people naming has never been our strength at IBM we either get <laughs> You get hung out for either too short of a name or, you know, the 500 uh, character names that are way too descriptive. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting battle that continues. And, of course, uh, the the other news item that I, I particularly um, picked up on this week is that Firefox 4 has come out. And we talked about Google Chrome at some length last week. Firefox 4 is the latest iteration of that very, very popular browser. Um, Darren, have you upgraded Firefox 4? I personally have not, but I know a couple of people that have, and I was shocked how Chrome-like it is. It's basically Google Chrome, but with square corners, <laughs> is, is the way I would describe it after seeing it. And uh, unfortunately, there's some issues with uh, one of the latest products, which is um, iNotes. I uh, don't think it works terribly well in Firefox 4. But yeah, it's a not a supported browser. So, you know, entirely understandable. It wasn't around when, when the version of iNotes was um, was released. But it looks like there's a, a hotfix coming to, to resolve that. Yeah, Greg Eldred had posted, I've been following the tech note for a while. There is a way, there is an unsupported way to get Firefox 4 to work. Um, and that's to, you know, download some add-on from the Mozilla add-on site and then it works but it looks like IBM have felt the pressure and for the first time I can ever remember they're looking at issuing a hot fix to a, a fix pack so if you're in an 852 fix pack 2 which has just came out last week if you're in an app there's going to be a hot fix made available that allows Firefox 4 
to work with iNotes without needing to do the Zool hack. Um, while I kind of understand IBM's quandary here or conundrum here, you've, you've got to wonder. I mean, it's not like Firefox 4 wasn't in beta for like six months. Did no one ever test this before it came out? And we're at least able to say, yes, we know it doesn't work. And this is the activities we're doing. It's either going to work in 8.5.3 off 8.5.2 fixed pack free, blah, blah, blah. But instead, they just completely kind of ignore the fact that one of the most popular browsers on the planet has a whole new release and then lets the yellow bubble find out. And, and again, we have what I call a, 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 a YPR, a yellow public relations nightmare again. And now we've got to go back and look and build a hotfix, which, you know, hotfixes are dangerous at the best of times. But it's kind of like, you know, it, this is not new. This is this is something that goes on and on and on, where it's a non-supported browser. As IBM, specifically the Lotus Live stuff, starts to go browser-based only, you cannot use the excuse about it's a non-supported browser. You don't know what the person has or what the person needs, or do they have Safari, do they have Chrome, do they have IE? Uh, so, you know, I think it's something that needs to be addressed short to mid, mid to long term by IBM. Yeah, valid points all. Um, it is uh, it is an, an ongoing, uh, uh, it's not a battle, it's just an ongoing uh, bowl of spaghetti that, you know, as a developer we keep up with and have to keep up with and sometimes things slip through. Sometimes we, we you know, uh, either take our eye off the ball or, or, or whatever, but uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. We, we shouldn't have been surprised by this one, but uh, uh, and probably really weren't. It's just a matter of you know, where the work was being focused and where it should have been focused in this case and where it will be focused now based on, I think, some of the things that you're saying that uh, Greg was alluding to. But, well, yeah. I'm, sure someone, I'm sure someone's phone support and support says, oh, that's a known issue. Well, oh, yeah. known to who? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, if it's on a super secret internal connections only site, then it's not known, right? Yeah. Get, yeah. get the word out there. It's not like, you know, we don't get emails every day from IBM with a list of fixes and issue resolutions for the products. You can absolutely sign up for that. Why not just put something in there saying, you know, before Firefox 4 shipped, look, it's not going to work out the box. You know, we're looking at solutions. And just, just head some of this stuff off at the pass. And you guys that have a lot easier relationship, I think, with, with customers and, 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 and vocal neophytes like ourselves. Did you just call Stuart a neophyte? Yeah, a bit. <laughs> and Scott, uh, Scott, I must say, we're, we're going to have you on every week if you carry on like this, acknowledging where things need to be improved. Uh, and I think you're doing a great job against bad cop, <laughs> Darren, who, who's been very bad today. I, I, I like Scott. Scott's a good friend of mine. I, I know yeah. Scott personally. Excellent. Well, um, yeah, that, that's something that I'm sure IBM will work on, and, and we'll get that hot fix and let people know about that as, as soon as it's available. So those are the main new, uh, news articles of this week. Um, we wrapped those fairly quickly, which gives us time to, as usual, go to our tips um, at the end of the episode. I'm going to give uh, Scott a little while to think about his and ask Darren, what's your tip for this week? Um, so, so last night, we kind of invented a new drinking game. Uh, I was out with Lisa and Declan Lynch and uh, Mike McGarrell and, and a couple of the Atlog guys, and we came up with a new drinking ga- uh, drinking game of think of the most stupid twill tip you can come up with. Uh, and mine was this is not my real tip, but this is my stupid drinking game tip was uh, don't buy a door smaller than the hole it's supposed to fit. <laughs> Could sure. you repeat that one more time? <laughs> Well, I'll rephrase it. Ne- ne- never buy a door smaller than the hole it is supposed to cover. Is this that- something you've done in the past? No, it's not. Luckily, <laughs> luckily not. I do know a guy that was a was a carpenter that shaved off too much and the door fell through the hole. <laughs> but that wasn't me. I was a welder, not a carpenter. Um, so that that was funny. So we need we need to start these. We, we need to start people coming up with stupid tips when they come on because okay. these, these these useful tips are getting hard to come up with. But my real tip is, uh, it's actually from my blog, which I kind of hate doing, but you, you need to check out the blog if at any point in the next mm, lifetime, you're looking to go to Service Pack 1 of either Windows 7 or Windows 2000 Server 8. Um, there is a known issue where you will basically brick all of your servers if you're not careful. Uh, I saw a few yesterday, which is where the blog post came from. Uh, there was a comment on my blog post where someone had commented that he had hundreds of Windows 2008 servers bricked because of the service pack update so make sure 
you go and read it and find out what you can do to avoid bricking all of your servers in your environment. That that could be a resume generating event. So well, is is this peculiar to servers running Lotus technology, or is this just any Windows 2008 server could could hit this issue? Any. It, it's got to do. Basically, it looks like the, the official reason for Microsoft is if you installed the Windows, uh, the, the service pack, along with any other updates, there is a bit of an average chance that your server will be balked and will not restart. Ouch. Yes. And we, I saw it in my own eyes yesterday. Okay. A couple of servers. And this one guy on the comment had hundreds of servers. And you search the web for it and people... It's 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 pretty bad. I'm surprised I only just heard about it, which is why I blogged. And I'm like, wow, this is not very well known. Yeah, it's so, in- interesting. It hasn't made it onto some of the tech news websites, you know, the register yeah. and that kind of thing. I have to look mm-hmm. out for that. Great. Thank you for that tip. And uh, Scott, do you have a tip for us? Sure. Well, what Darren's pointing out <clears throat> is exactly the reason why I live in the Mac world, right? Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I, I say that tongue in cheek, but but I really do. I, I have for several years, thanks to uh, uh, probably a guy that you folks know, Will Rob, who converted me, oh god, like six or seven years ago to the back world. I used to work closely with Will on the notes team, and and he he uh, showed me the error of my ways. But anyhow, I, I got bit by this just this past week. Uh, I got bit by uh, one of the. Uh, service updates or the OS X updates that uh, Apple posted, um, update four bit me with a, and it usually doesn't. I usually take those updates with no questions asked and just, just keep on marching. But uh, there was a problem uh, that I guess Oracle had patched uh, a loophole in, in Java that many developers were taking advantage of and, 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 and the patch uh, broke a couple of things that were pretty critical to me. So. Um, I'm staying at uh, 10.6.7 in terms of OS X, uh, but I had to back level on the version of Java in order to get, uh, believe it or not, Lotus Live application sharing uh, was, as you said, uh, Darren Borked. And uh, I had to go back to uh, an earlier uh, Java package uh, in order to, to, to get application sharing and a few other applications uh, that we use internally at IBM that are typically Java-based. Uh, to actually work again, so had to go look for the uh, uh, 10.6 uh, update three uh, disk image. Yeah. Uh, found that and uh, used Pacifist to uh, look in the package and grab the Java uh, installer and and off I went. But it was one of those things that I'm sitting there going, ah, you know, I can't take for granted. Every time I'm handed a uh, service pack update. That you know, it's just everything's going to work just in fine fashion. And God, I got to do a little more due diligence, I think, as I as I go forward with some of that stuff. But, this is why IBM should have bought Sun, <laughs> not Oracle. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm a Mac user as well, and you kind of just get used to uh, applying the updates whenever software update suggests you should, and and not getting any problems. Whereas this one's going to bite a lot of people, I should think. And, and I, I guess it's another problem as well with us using these richer and richer web um, interfaces, you know, for, for our business use. And, and the, the minute something changed at the browser level or, or the operating system level, you could well break a number of sites without the site owners or the, the developers really knowing it's going to happen. So it's only going to get worse with time, I'm sure. It is. Uh, I, I get an Adobe or an Adobe Air upgrade, update at least every other day. Yeah. Okay, so that's a challenge for, for some of these big vendors to, to deal with. So my, my tip for this week is is one that really I, I should have, have kind of known anyway because it's my business, it's, it's being a consultant. But we, we had a, um, a well-known consultant into one of my customers this week, Michael Sampson, who we've had on this uh, podcast before, came in to do a workshop around user adoption and social software for, for one of our customers in London. And I have to say, um, you know, it's amazing what an external person can do in, in a meeting, not necessarily because they bring anything particularly new to a meeting, but because they get people that are internal to a business to think differently about the way they do things. And, and so we had a, a situation where you had teams from all over a business come together into a room where they didn't very often gather together and, and have a really good discussion that made a big difference to their business going forward. So that's my tip. Um, you know, if you're an internal looking company, um, you, know, you may be worried about expenditure at the moment, but do look outside at consultants 
see how they might just make you think differently about some of the things you do uh, and, and give you a way forward where, where possibly you don't see any way currently. And actually, that brings us on to a giveaway this week. We've we've given away a copy of Michael Sampson's book on user adoption in the past. I have another another book to give away this week. I would love to give that to somebody um, who might blog about this podcast. We're, we're always keen to get the word out to others in the community. So if you can blog about This Week in Lotus uh, and it make it onto Planet Lotus or else onto Twitter with the This Week in Lotus hashtag, let us know and uh, we'll pick one of those blog posts and get the book sent out to you guys when uh, when we see it. Darren, um, while I'm away, I think you've got a friend in to, to help with the podcast. you want to tell us about that? I don't know if it's a friend. Um, <laughs> I didn't think Darren had any friends. <laughs> I, I only have bad cop friends now. No, nobody, nobody likes me anymore. Uh, I'm Billy Nomads. Oh, uh, no, uh, Mr. Yellow Suit himself, the, the Matt Newman, is uh, going to be uh, sitting in for Stuart over the next, what, six weeks you're on vacation? <laughs> if only two weeks. <laughs> so, so the next two weeks, uh, it'll be Matt and myself, which is really going to play havoc for the timing <laughs> because obviously Matt's in Australia and I'm not. So I, I think the, the, it's going to be interesting on the time zones and we have a couple of guests already lined up. So uh, Matt, one day Matt Newman is going to make someone a very good wife. He's already got the podcast <laughs> scheduled out and everything and invites sent out. And it, it's, it's, it's great. I'm, I, I, I might not have Stuart back if, if Matt keeps doing this. <laughs> oh dear, watch out for that. <laughs> so some different accents on next week's podcast just for you all. So um, thank you very much for that, Darren. I'm looking forward to hearing you guys while I'm away um scott i really appreciate you taking time out to join us on the episode today i think you gave us some great content around uh, lotus live utility server so thank you very much for that you bet my pleasure yeah, it's great speaking to you and i promise next time we have you on we'll get your surname right too <laughs> not a problem man. <laughs> he's, he's lying he's lying that's, that's he, he does this on purpose i think this is his thing <laughs> <laughs> darren good to speak to you as ever uh I'll speak to you after the holiday uh how do we get hold of people Ah, yes, of course. Scott, do you have a Twitter idea or a blog anybody can go to, or else what's your email? Sure. Uh, you can use Scott underscore Souder, S O U D E R, at US dot IBM dot com. Uh, my uh, Twitter is uh, three S's, S S S O U D E R. Happy to have you follow. Great. Thank you for that. And Darren, how do people find you? Blog dot Darren Duke. .net for all things barking of windows and uh, Twitter Darren Duke all one word for my 140 character rants usually about PVUs these days <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Stuart McIntyre and the uh, Twitter ID is Stuart McIntyre or else you can get me uh, at our website at collaborationmatters.com so finally thank you very much guys and until next week this was This Week in Lotus bye All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer. This Week in Lotus is sponsored by Audible, the destination for the widest selection of digital audiobooks available worldwide. Want to be well-read like Duffbert but just can't spare the time to read books on paper? Take an audiobook on your commute or whilst walking instead. We've got a special offer for you. Download and listen to a best-selling book every month for just $7.49 a month for the first three months, and you can cancel at any time. Pick from over 85,000 audiobooks from business to classics to sci-fi or comedy. Go to thisweekinlotus.com audible for all the details. 